Hey, y'all get it up for Jerry for filling in for Lauren this morning. Jerry. Hey, I'm glad to be with y'all. If I cough, I apologize. Get over it. Um, Southeast Texas, all right? Glad to have y'all this morning. Can we get the house lights up just a little bit so I can see some faces? Y'all sounded really good. I was sitting back there and I got the drums and singing that chorus again. Y'all sounded so good this morning. Uh, good thing we record that because we can go back and listen to that. Some of y'all in the front, we hear y'all really well. Okay. No, but it was, it's good. Hey, I'm going to jump into it this morning, uh, not waste any time. If you have your Bibles, we're going to be in John chapter 12. John chapter 12, we're going to read the first uh, 11 verses of that, and then we're going to talk about it. Um, let's, let's dive right in. All right, here we go. Uh, six days before the Passover celebration began, Jesus arrived in Bethany, the home of Lazarus, the man he had raised from the dead. A dinner was prepared in Jesus' honor, and Martha served, and Lazarus was among those who were with him. Then Mary took a 12-ounce jar of expensive perfume made from the essence of nard, and she anointed Jesus' feet with it, wiping his feet with her hair. The house was filled with the fragrance. And we just kind of talked about that, right? But Judas Iscariot, the disciple who would soon betray him, said that perfume was worth a year's wages because he was concerned about that, you know. It would have been sold and the money given to the poor because he was also concerned about that. Not that he cared for the poor. Why? Because he was a thief. And since he was in charge of the disciples' money, he often stole some for himself. Jesus replied, leave her alone. She did this in preparation for my burial. You will always have the poor among you, but you will not always have me. When all the people heard of Jesus' arrival, they flocked to see him and also to see Lazarus, the man, Lazarus, the man that Jesus had raised from the dead. Then the leading priest decided to kill Lazarus too. He's already been dead once, so they're going to re-kill him, right, or, or re-dead him, I guess. Um, for it was because of him that many of the people had deserted them and believed in Jesus. So because Jesus performed this miracle of raising Lazarus from the dead, we're going to stop there. And they decided that what the priests were telling them and what Jesus was saying, they, they weren't the same in value. And so they were leaving the priest and going to follow Jesus because it's there they found life. For Lazarus, literal life. And uh, they said, well, let's just kill him. Let's just kill them all. You know, why not, right? When people don't agree with you, what do you do? You just decide to kill them. So um, that's what they did. <clears throat> it seems very normal, right, for, for the, the church people to just say, you know what? They're disagreeing with our theology, so we're going to go ahead and round them up and kill them. And that's what they decided to do. Now, uh, this is right before the triumphal entry into Jerusalem. Bethany is a cool place. It's, it's near or connected to the Mount of Olives uh, where um, the end times is going to take place and all that kind of stuff, which we're not getting into this morning. But it's a really cool area of, uh, that's, that's very, very special um, in church history and church future. Uh, but I, I want to just talk about this story for just a little bit. Uh, this jar, um, some uh, gospels call it the alabaster jar, right, of, of this uh, essence of nard, which is a, a spice from India. So it was very expensive to get there. Thank you. Very expensive to get there. Um, and so Judas wasn't wrong in saying, hey, this is really expensive stuff, and it's a year's wage. Why are you wasting it on Jesus? Now, y'all are like, mm, why would he say that? 
Well, how many valuable things has the Lord given you that you've wasted? No, there it is. Now we get, there we go. So it's a very valuable thing that they have. And, and she realizes something in the moment that what probably the other disciples thought the same thing, except Jesus was the only one brave enough to say it because he was a thief and, and all he cared about was money. But the other ones were probably thinking the same thing, like, oh, my God, what's she doing? Like, he's like, what? Why is she wasting on him? Like, what's she? Probably whispering to each other while they're eating bread, you know, like, what is going on here? Um, other gospels say they're in, in the house of Simon the leper. And so they're, they're having dinner when they're, all this is going on. But, uh, you know, they're probably all thinking that. But Judas was the only one brave enough, you know, because he was the protector of the finances. Uh, but, but why? Martha, I'm sorry, Mary, whichever one this is, Martha was there mary they're all there lazarus i, I believe those three people and spe specifically in this room including simon the host knew something about jesus that i think even the disciples were still missing at this point that he's not just a prophet he's not just a teacher he's not just some guy coming in to overthrow a political party because that sounds awful familiar to how we talk today in the church we need Jesus to be our political savior. And we and what's funny is I, I don't know, I'm not preaching on this. I'm going to do it anyway. I find myself in a crowd of people all the time that think differently politically, but they all kind of say the same thing if they're believers. Lord Jesus, come and help these people. Come change their minds. We, we still tend to find Jesus being lifted up as this political bumper sticker that if, if we can just trust in him to overthrow this party or that party or this idea and i think these these people here in the story that we're reading about and, and mary as she breaks this jar open it's like he's more valuable than just some political scheme to overthrow the government he's more he's more valuable than this expensive jar of of nard right there's something that Jesus has that only he has. He really is the Messiah, the anointed one. The Greek word for Christ is Christos, and it means anointed. The Hebrew Messiah, anointed. <clears throat> Jesus is the anointed one, and she is doing a perfect act of cleansing his feet, which other gospels say that the host forgot to do that because that was customary anyway. If you had a guest come in, you'd take care of their feet and make sure their feet were clean because, you know, they didn't have Air Jordans, right? <clears throat> they were probably closer to Hey Dudes, but they were, you know, <clears throat> dirty feet. You know what I'm saying? But either way, she's doing a prophetic act of, of giving something that was of value to Jesus because that wasn't as important as Jesus himself. How many times do we go through our life and we have these things that we attach ourselves to. We've been talking about freedom, but we get so chained to stuff. And that stuff could be anything from relationships to careers to physical things that Jesus is saying, just lay those things down and just be with me. Just put that stuff down and be with me. You don't need those things to be satisfied. Those things are, aren't going to bring you everlasting life. They're going to bring you temporary happiness, but they're also going to bring frustration. 
But just like Mary, just break that jar and lay it down at the feet of Jesus. She found such value in who Jesus was as Messiah. I want to ask you this morning, when's the last time you stopped and really thought about how valuable Jesus is? Like really how valuable he is. That you're willing to give up, are you willing to give up a year's wage for Jesus? Let's do something physical there for a moment. Are you willing to give up the most valuable thing in your life for Jesus? Oh, there's no amens on that. See, that, that's when it gets hard. Like, I'm asking you the real question. Like, are you willing to give up the most valuable thing in your life for Jesus? Don't answer amen just because I'm, you know, saying it again. I really want you thinking about it. Otherwise, you're not really following Jesus. You're following the idea of a, um, a powerful figure that can be like a genie when you need it because things are tough and rough and your job's not going well or, you know, you're about to have your lights cut off. Lord, please, I promise, I promise I'll stay out of the bar Saturday night. I'll be at church Sunday morning. Please, Lord, don't let my lights get cut off. We live like that. We claim Jesus is the most valuable thing, but we don't live like it. What are you willing to set aside to say yes to Jesus? What about your life? How valuable is your life? Are you willing to lay your life down for Jesus? Yeah, y'all thought it was going to be easy this morning. Some of y'all are like, I ain't coming back to this church. <laughs> I didn't prepare for this test. I didn't study. I don't feel comfortable right now. I'm sweating. Jesus, even in this story here, he's about to go right into Jerusalem with people saying things like, Hosanna, hail to the king of the Jews. He's come riding on a a donkey, here he is, let's throw our coats down and wave our palm branches. I still think about when I played Jesus and Chris, I was on a horse. I'll never forget that. I'll never forget it, slapping that horse in the face with a palm branch and I'm barebacking that thing. All that's about to happen and Jesus is dealing with this and he's saying, guys, he knew who Judas was, but he's, he's teaching the people in this house, including Lazarus, the Mary, Martha, Simon, the disciples, all these people. Hey, look, she's doing something that's preparing for what's about to come. She recognized Jesus for who he is. I feel like sometimes we, we just like playing this church game where we... We say we're Christians, we say we're followers of Jesus, but we're not willing to go to the level of Mary where we're willing to get down on our knees at the feet of Jesus and say, you can have it all. Because we, we are so attached to it all that we can sing he's worthy of it all as long as you don't ask for it all. I know, I, I mean, I ain't got much energy this morning, but I feel like the Lord is speaking this morning to me specifically, at least. If I expect to be a disciple of Jesus, that means that I'm willing to give up everything, everything to follow him. I'm willing to walk away from things that bring me pleasure 
because it's not lasting. Like the woman at the well, we talked about it last week a little bit, that Jesus said, I'll give you water where you'll never thirst again. He'll give you a life that is rich and satisfying. And what's so funny about this whole idea of even this, and I really believe, this is just my interjection here, don't, don't, quote me on theology here I'm trying to add to scripture but I really think the disciples were all thinking what Judas was thinking but what's so ironic about even Judas' statement is that he thinks that she's giving up so much but yet in Christ we have it all yes. I mean he, he's got everything I heard a long time ago a phrase that I love is that we're just managers of God's resources while we're here none of this stuff is ours the money the house, the car, the career, the talent, it's all on loan by God. And so we just manage that. And if we think that the stuff is what makes life good and blessed and the, and the good life, we're missing the point. We've, we've missed the whole thing. Mary's showing that, hey, guys, we're, there's something happening here. And, and probably she didn't understand the full picture. I'm sure she didn't. But she recognized that Jesus is worthy enough to have everything I have of value because I just saw what he did to Lazarus. I've heard the stories. I've heard the sermon. I've seen it. And I see that he is not like the priest. He is not like anybody else that's come before. There's something different. I'm willing to give everything I have to him. Question is, are you willing to do the same? Am I willing to do the same? That's the life that God's calling us to. We're getting ready for Easter season and I know we like Easter egg hunts and kickball games and wear your steel toe boots, apparently, if we're doing bowling ball, kickball. But this is just that time of year where we can really put the spotlight on the cross and the tomb and know that, guys, we are on the winning team because of everything that Jesus went through. And, and, and including this whole idea of saying that we're anointing him, he's getting ready. And this place, even in the future, is going to be a place where he comes back and shows how, how much of the king he is. That when we're all together, we're going to kick Satan straight in the face, knock some teeth out, cut some horns. I don't know what he looks like. Who cares? We're going to jack him up here with Jesus. And I'm excited about that. I, I'm really excited about that. That day that we get to have just a you know, uh, WrestleMania with the devil, and Jesus is like Hulk Hogan, okay? Classic Hulk ripping his robe, and on the white horse, he's riding in. Let's go. Amen. And I know it sounds silly and goofy, but listen, I, I, I really want, to, in my mind, to picture that I'm already on the winning team. I'm victorious. I've got the champ of the champs, okay? Nobody's going to beat him, and so knowing that, Knowing that who he is now, I don't have to worry about, man, do I got to try to strive to do well at this career? You know what? The, the worst is if I just do what my very best as I'm, I'm doing it for the Lord, I'm going to be good. That when relationships are falling apart, you know what? The, the only one that, that's never going to fail is Jesus. So if I just press into that relationship, I think the rest of the stuff will work out the way it should, according to his will and his purpose. Hey, if my finances aren't right, Lord, show me something in your word that can correct where I'm doing something wrong to help me be a better steward of your resources because I'm not doing things well. 
There's always a solution. It's always found in the, in the person of Jesus Christ. Always. Mary's showing that. He's the most valuable thing that we could ever have. He truly is worthy of it all. And we need to start breaking those chains, allow him to break those chains of things that we're attached to so that we can give all of that to him so that there's nothing that can distract us or derail us from being who we're called to be as disciples of his and to being child, children of his, sons and daughters of his. Here's what I want to do this morning. I want to pray over y'all. But I want you to close your eyes for a minute. Let's just chill out for a second here as we wrap up. <clears throat> I want you just to visualize for a moment some things maybe you're thinking about that really take up your time, your talent, and your treasure that, that consume your day, that maybe pulls you away from the Lord, <clears throat> from the Lord. And I want you just to tell Jesus, hey, Lord, you can have this. You can have it, Lord. There's nothing more valuable than you. Father God, I come to you this morning. And I thank you for all these people in this room and the people who are watching online. I thank you, God, for the grace and love you have for us. Father, I thank you that you have called us to live a life with our heads held high, knowing that we are victorious because we have Jesus. Lord, I pray we just give all these things that we have been so consumed with to you. And Lord, fill those gaps with your presence and your goodness and your love. Thank you, Lord, for who you are. God, and I thank you so much for Jesus and all that he did and all that he continues to do for us. We love you, Father, and I pray this in your name this morning. Amen. Amen. Thank you guys for being here this morning. God bless you. Um, don't forget to sign up for a Wednesday night meal in the back. Um, information about all the other things we got going on. There are signups back there. I know the ladies are already back there ready for you. For the service project, if you want to give online, um, you can sign up for that as well. Get all the information you need. Um, but yeah, that's all we've got this morning. God bless you. Um, go share God's love with somebody. Amen.